Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you so much, Sean. I appreciate it. Right. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you on this Tuesday morning. You know, as I know, so much has changed. We said it when we left the airwaves last week. Get ready for this week. We felt there was something going to be happening. There is a lot happening, and we're going to get into all of it today as much as we possibly can, uh, not just to regurgitate news, but to really look at some excellent articles and then line things up with the biblical a reality of what's happening in the world today. You will never have to look at world events and become unsure and nervous and afraid about what's going on because as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a follower of God, the word of God always details what's going on so that when we see these world events, we can understand them. And I know there's a lot of talk right now about Ezekiel chapter 38 war with Gog and Magog and what's going on in Afghanistan and the pullout of the troops. And we're going to talk about all of that as well. And yet there are some things that we do need to address right up front here today. Number one, welcome to the broadcast. 
We have been um, praying for a lot of people that have not been feeling well, and we're uh, believing that God is bringing a complete healing and restoration um, into people's lives. So that's number one, just the well-being of God's people. And uh, we're hearing so much. You know, we're hearing so much about people that have been tested positive with disease and they've been vaccinated and then they're still getting sick and uh, they don't know what to do now and they're wondering about what's happening. Uh, We have got to step up the pace just a little bit about what is happening in that realm. So I've got to get a few announcements out here Tuesday. These are very important announcements. Okay. First of all, Tomorrow morning, we will be back on YouTube on the New Wine Ministry and the Omega. Um, so that'll, like it used to be, okay? And then we'll see until we do something that they don't like, and we'll say bye-bye then, okay? But what we did, this is super important. You should be able right now to go to omegaradio.org. You should be able to get to omegaradio.org. So any of you are out there and you have the ability to go to www.omegaradio.org, across the top of your screen there on the website, there's a number of tabs, and you should be able to click on Watch Live. And if anybody actually will take the time to do that, what we're doing is taking these videos and we're uploading them to, or we're actually streaming live on omegaradio.org right now. So if anybody could do it, take it to the test, let me know how it's looking. And I'm sure it's got some development to go and all of that. But we just want to make sure we are broadcasting on omegaradio.org. You'll always be able to find us there. That's kind of where everything is moving. Also, we have uh, launched out into two new platforms, Rumble and on Brighteon. Uh, Brighteon, we have uh, the ministry name. Now, I contacted Brighteon yesterday to find out why people couldn't find our uh, channel name. It's just the the name of our channel, which is The Lighthouse. And you might want to be able to write that down for Brighteon. It's called The Lighthouse. Uh, We were going under The Watchman, but we've changed that to The Lighthouse. And um, if you're not able to find it, there's Uh, through a search bar, you should be able uh, to go to the live, but eventually when they get their end all corrected, they wrote me back and said it's on their end. They have to spruce some things up. So Brighteon, the lighthouse is where you're going to find our live stream and our videos. And we're doing a lot of uploading to the Brighteon channel. Also on Rumble, uh, I just stepped out and we're going to be paying an extra $25 a month right now. And uh, we're exploring all the different things. Uh, There are tiers that you could spend $1,000 a month on. We'll never do that. We're not going to do it. Um, But we are going to spend the $25 extra a month on Rumble to make sure that we could do live streaming. And so we're exploring that as well. And uh, it's going to take a little bit more work um, as we go forward. We should be streaming live on YouTube right now on Vincent Xavier. I'm pretty sure we are. If not, uh, what I needed to do here, I just, just noticed something. Well, today we're just going to be on Facebook, and, we're in, and I'm sorry we lost a lot of people that watch us on YouTube, but we're going to stay here on Facebook and on the Omega Radio, okay? So omegaradio.org. 
And um, we should have had a little note out there. Maybe Kevin, if he's around and about, could let people on YouTube know to join us on OmegaRadio.org or on Facebook, obviously Omega Radio Facebook page. So having said all of that, um, these are our announcements. Probably the biggest announcement today is to remind all of our listeners, our friends and family in the body of Christ gathered around this country, that September 20th, we are going to begin the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, This is the other side of the coin. To everything we're going to be talking about today, this is the other side of the coin. What God is doing in his kingdom, what is happening in the economy of the kingdom of heaven, and we take that phrase very seriously, there is a kingdom economy, there is a kingdom walk, and what, even though we're in the world, we're not of the world because we're of the kingdom, if we're truly born again, and we have no problem with that, praise God, and we are walking in the Spirit, we're living in the Spirit, we're being led by the Spirit, and that's all kingdom, because the kingdom of God is in the Spirit of God, according to the Word of God, that the kingdom of God is not a matter of meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit is the kingdom of God. So, we believe that what God is doing in his kingdom is what we're connected to. And what the world is doing, that is something we're in, but we don't have to be of, but we need to be aware so we could kind of understand what's going on in the world and the timing of things that we're living in right now. So we're going to address a number of issues right now. And I want to start with an article. Uh, this was kind of a, a rough one here, but it's true. And it needs to be said. So I'm going to open this up. Ominous new definitions for what constitutes domestic terrorism. Now, we're going to talk a a lot about terrorism today because we have been talking about this for a while. And as we've been saying the last couple of weeks, that war is coming, the third wave of war. And we believe that there are sleeper cells in the United States. We believe that the southern border is being wide open. And hundreds of thousands, if not millions, as President Trump said the other day when talking to Dan Bongino, that millions are coming through the border. Now we have a crisis in Afghanistan uh, that is likened unto Saigon. We'll talk about that. Uh, Well, the American troops are pulling out just what happened in Vietnam when uh, the American troops pulled out. The North Vietnamese came down on the south and obliterated them, slaughtered them. It was a death pool. And they're saying that this that is going on in Afghanistan right now is worse than Saigon. You probably have already seen the images of people trying to hang onto the airplanes and thousands of feet up were falling off to the ground. Terrible images. Uh, But it was the people begging to get out of there because the Taliban is coming back to power with all the sophisticated military weaponry uh, that was left behind. They just left it behind for them. Very strange. Uh, We'll be talking more about that as the days go by as well. Nonetheless, As right now, when you stop and think about it, the southern borders where the illegal immigrants are coming through the border, there is no immediate crisis down south of the border. There are no governments killing their people in a mass slaughter like what's going on in Afghanistan today. And if there were ever a people that needed to be protected, uh, like the South Vietnamese during the whole Saigon situation, well, they needed to be protected. So the people in 
Afghanistan that are terrified of the Taliban, who they had been protected from, uh, now there is no protection. Well, they need to be protected. They, they should be more welcomed into a, uh, a refuge nation, if you will, than people coming from the southern border just wanting a new, a new start in their lives because their governments are not killing them as of yet. So, but in either case, you know that if the people of Afghanistan were to start coming into the United States, there could be infiltration of more terror cells and domestic terrorism, but, uh, or, or, or sleeper cells and terror cells coming from abroad. But the article I'm about to share with you right now is com- coming from the uh, Prophecy News work, and uh, this is very uh, detailed information. It's very solid information. It's factual, fact-checked information. Here's the article, and this is what you need to know with all the other stuff that we will be talking about in a moment, you need to know this is what your government in the United States of America has just released, okay? So this, again, is what constitutes domestic terrorism. I begin the article. Are you a potential domestic terrorist? You may not think so, but the Department of Homeland Security may see things quite differently. A brand new terrorism advisory has just been issued, and some of the things that it identifies as potential terror threats should chill us to the core. You see, the truth is that the definition of a terrorist is constantly evolving. In the old days, a Middle Eastern male that dresses in traditional Islamic attire that grows opium in his field and that carries around an AK-47 would have been considered a potential terrorist by U.S. authorities. But now we have lost the war in Afghanistan and the Taliban are partying like it's 1999 in the presidential palace in Kabul. As a result, our spooks need a new group of potential terrorists to send to Guantanamo Bay, and so they are setting their sights on you. This is where the article is going. You may be tempted to think that I am exaggerating. I truly wish that I was. NBC News is telling us that a terror alert has just been issued by Homeland Security, and during their report on this new terror alert, a very alarming graphic was shown to the viewers. Under the heading, Potential Terror Threats, the following three categories were listed. This was on your television, coming from mainstream media. Okay, this is from Homeland Security. Here are the three categories of potential terrorists in the, in the United States. Number one, opposition to COVID measures. So if you oppose COVID measures, whether it's social distancing, wearing a mask, uh, taking the V, okay? Um, the second thing that they had up there that would call you to be a potential terrorist, claims of election fraud and belief that Trump can be reinstated. That was number two category. So if you claim that there was election fraud, or if you believe that Donald Trump will be reinstated as the president, you are a potential terrorist 
according to Homeland Security in the United States of America today. Number three was the 9-11 anniversary and religious holidays. So if you support religious holidays or holy days, more like uh, Passover, Shavuot, and Tabernacles, or many other religious holidays, and you remember 9-11 as an anniversary, uh, you become a potential terrorist. We have never seen anything quite like this before. Now, opposition to COVID measures is something that can make you a potential terrorist. Wow. So precisely, what does that mean? What about, okay, does someone become a potential terrorist if they speak out against masks, lockdowns, or the big V word? What about sharing information that contradicts the official narratives about COVID? Well, I'll just tell you what the V word is. It's vaccines. So in this uh, uh, report again, again, the, the question is, Does someone become a potential terrorist if they speak out against masks, which we do to a degree, lockdowns, which we do to a degree, or vaccines, which we do to a degree? We do. We have. That's not a problem. But now you're a terrorist, a potential terrorist for doing so according to the new guidelines and according to Homeland Security. Now, what about sharing information that contradicts the official narratives about COVID? Will that make someone a potential terrorist as well? If that is the case, then researchers at the Mayo Clinic may soon get hauled off to Guantanamo Bay. Researchers from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, found that the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, the most commonly used shot in the U.S., was only 42% effective against infection, while the Moderna vaccine was only 76% effective in July. Well, for the study published on pre-printer server MedRVix.org, meaning it has not yet been peer review, the team gathered data on more than 25,000 Minnesotans from January to July. When Dr. Fauci was asked about that study, he quickly dismissed it as bad information. And whatever Fauci says must be the gospel truth, because We have been told that any criticism of Fauci is an attack on science itself. Attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science, Fauci said Wednesday. All of the things I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning have been fundamentally based on science. Sometimes those things were inconvenient truths for people, he said. Well, some have even gone so far as to suggest that any far-right extremists that dare to criticize Fauci should be treated like terrorists. So be very careful about what you say about beloved Lord Fauci. At one time, we actually had freedom of speech in America, but now those days are all long gone. Even if you don't get into trouble with the government, the big tech companies may decide to censor you into oblivion if you start saying the wrong things. And most Americans can never actually keep up with the latest speech standards because they're constantly in a state of evolution. For example, earlier today, I was absolutely shocked to learn that you can get banned on YouTube for offering to pray for someone that has COVID. Did you hear that? Apparently, that can qualify as content that encourages people to avoid needed medical treatment. 
well, content that encourages the use of home remedies, prayer, or rituals in place of medical treatment, such as consulting a doctor or going to the hospital. We really are becoming a 1984 society, and it is only going to get worse. And here we agree we are in the beginning of sorrows, and when the ecclesia is paying attention to what's going on, they should know that this is the time to flee to the mountains of Judea. This is the time to come out of her, my people. This is the time to flee to the cities of refuge that God has prepared. It really is getting very late, ladies and gentlemen. If your goal is to conform as much as possible, you are in luck because the Department of Homeland Security has issued some key information guidelines for you to follow so that you can stay safe while you're online. Rely on trusted sources for situational updates on COVID-19 and stay-at-home guidelines. Rely on information provided by state and local health officials, as well as the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention at coronavirus.org and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, the CISA. Think before you link. Slow down. Don't immediately click to share posts, memes, videos, or other content you see online. Some of the most damaging disinformation spreads rapidly via shared posts. Check your sources before sharing. Be careful what you post. This is all coming from the guidelines if you want to submit to Big Brother, okay? Be careful what you post. The information you share online can be misunderstood or repurposed via manipulation. Do a privacy check on your social media accounts and make sure you are not sharing content broadly that you mean only for close family and friends. Be aware that agents of disinformation often steal identities of real people, profile photos, and other information. Be wary of manipulative content. Agents of disinformation are known to create or repurpose emotional videos and photos and to use sensational terms to divide us. Be especially careful of content that attempts to make people angry or sad or create division. In other words, embrace whatever they tell you to believe and don't you dare share anything online that even looks like it might contradict any of their narratives. Personally, I am stunned at how rapidly our society is changing. As I discussed a few days ago, a bill has actually been introduced in Congress which would permanently ban those that have not been fully vaccinated from ever flying again. Hopefully that bill never becomes a law, but the Biden administration has already pushed things way too far. Each week we take even more steps into authoritarianism and that should deeply alarm all of us. If our leaders are willing to get so extreme during a relatively minor crisis like this pandemic, what are they going to do when things start getting really, really crazy, like nuclear bombs going off in cities across America on the same day? Freedom is such a fragile and precious thing. Previous generations of Americans understood this. They were extremely diligent to make sure that the future generations of Americans would live free too. But now, dark times are here. And if you express your love for freedom too loudly, you may soon discover that authorities have identified you as a potential terrorist too. Scary stuff, isn't it? Can you imagine that's actually happening in our world today? Absolutely amazing. 
but that's not the worst of it. Okay, there's another article, and I want you to just remember what we said. You, if you believe that or say anything contradictory to the state national narrative of COVID-19, if you don't go along with what they have presented as the narrative of this pandemic thing, you are a potential terrorist because you may react to their, 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 the consequences against you for being different, and you may react to their reaction. And that's what they're afraid of. That's what they're really saying. And so now that they're identifying with a new Homeland Security checklist of who may be a potential domestic terrorist, now what's really happening over in Afghanistan is that the Taliban has a message to the Christians. And I'm tying this in because you need to begin to know that usually it's most Christian people or uh, Christian thinking people that are a little bit more concerned about what is being narrated in our country right now. And we know that persecution is coming and we know that tribulation is coming. But in Afghanistan, they're not just knowing and waiting for something to come. Listen to what's happening there. The Taliban has said to the Christians in Afghanistan, we know who you are and we're coming for you. And I guarantee you that the government of the United States knows who the Christian churches are. They know who the people are. They've been monitoring and watching everybody. They know, just like the Taliban knows, who the Christians are. This article goes on to say, let me get rid of this little guy here. The images pouring out of Afghanistan right now via social media as cabal falls to the Taliban are simply horrifying. Hundreds of people flooding the airport in Kabul, desperate to escape. Men who were clinging to the landing gear of a U.S. Air Force plane falling to their death as it took off in a scene gut-wrenchingly reminiscent of people plummeting from the burning Twin Towers. The wild-eyed looks of terror on those left behind, many of whom had worked with coalition forces for years and knew they were about to pay for it with their lives and that there would likely be no rescue. I don't have any unique or insightful take on the withdrawal from Afghanistan and whether it was strategically necessary. Although surely it didn't have to come to this, surely allies could have been evacuated and rescued and not left to die. But the historic scenes we are witnessing right now are destined to be iconic. And this human tragedy with a thousand faces looks and feels like the end of an era. According to Mark Stein, once a staunch advocate of the war on terror, we are watching America's Suez moment unfold live on the Internet. It was all so different in October of 2001, when despite the fresh horror of 9-11, America seemed as if she was at the height of her strength. The American war machine pounded Afghanistan with the grief and righteous rage of a wounded superpower, and the live footage was an awe-inspiring thing to behold. In those first days, the new conflict seemed to snap things back into focus for a moment, bringing us back to the clarity we'd lost with the end of the Cold War. They were the bad guys. We were the good guys. Civilization was fighting barbarism. Again, all was right with the world. 
I followed it all obsessively, cutting out articles and putting them in an album to track the war on terror as coalition forces from over 40 countries cut, drove the Taliban into their caves. I remember one photo essay in Time magazine that affected me deeply of a handful of Northern Alliance troops beating a wounded Taliban fighter, shoving him out onto the road and emptying a Kalashnikov into his chest. Uh, Queasiness with the realities of war, however, were easily neutralized by the nationalist machoism that accompanied it. Country signers contributed catchy anthems that everyone listened to. Toby Keith alone had the Taliban song, American Soldier, and courtesy of the red, white, and blue. I know quite a few guys who served in Afghanistan. One friend who did a tour brought me an Iraqi banknote with Saddam's face on it, and he'd gotten from the American who'd served first in Iraq, the second front in the war on terror. After Remembrance Day parades on November 11th, I sometimes joined them at the Legion Hall where soldiers would end up drinking beers and reminiscing. There was always a photo or two young men killed in action set up on the tables, and their buddies would put beers in front of them, masking their grief with booze and bitter jokes. One of these afternoons, a soldier went missing, and his buddies realized he'd gone alone to the cemetery to visit one of the fallen. We're going to the grave. Who's coming? Someone bellowed, and there was a mass rush to the exit. And what was all of their sacrifice for? The deaths, the PTSD, the missing limbs, the untold scores of suicides. In a brutal, bitter column, one veteran of the Afghan conflict says it meant nothing at all and that all she feels is grim relief as the world faces what many veterans already knew to be true. But the fact is that these hellish scenes of desperation do mean something. To an Afghan schoolgirl, Mark Stein wrote recently, this is about the fall of Kabul, but for everyone else, for NATO nations, for China, for Iran, for allies and enemies, this is about the fall of America. Can you imagine being a citizen of Taiwan and watching this unfold live on Twitter right now? Watching the terrified Afghans flee from the incoming tyrants reminds them that communist China is coming for them as surely as they came for Hong Kong, and that when they do, there will be nobody to save them. The cavalry will not arrive. The age of American empire is over. Nation building may well be an exercise in futility. But the fact remains that for millions of people around the world, the realization will be setting in that they are truly alone. So Mark Stein mused grimly, But don't for a moment think this is just some rushed, bungled, memo-incinerating abandonment of the U.S. Embassy. State Department diplomats have been preparing this move all summer under cover of a highly sophisticated deflection operation on their Kabul Twitter feed. The month of June is recognized as LGBTI Pride Month. The United States respects the dignity and equality of LGBTI people and celebrates their contributions to the society. We remain committed to supporting civil rights of minorities, including LGBTI persons. Okay. I do hope they've managed to evacuate the embassy's LGBTQ, W-E-R-T-Y flag before the sacking commences. You say, how does this article, where's it going? I'm asking the same question, but listen. America is not too big to fail. 
It is falling and failing by almost every metric right now. The world record brokey, brokey, brokenness manifested by the current spending bills is only possible because the U.S. dollar is the global currency. When that ends, where Weimar with smartphones, well, I remember the Weimar Republic, right? Clearly, Chairman Z, the XI guy, and his allies occasionally muse on the best moment to yank the dollar out from under. A decade or so back, I quoted Bernard Lewis, quote, I was on a panel with the great Bernard Lewis a couple of years ago, actually six or seven years ago, and Bernard said that the danger here is that America risks being seen as harmless as an enemy and treacherous as a friend. It's a very dangerous lesson to teach the planet. Now, meanwhile, it is the Afghans who will suffer the most. Long after we've all moved on, Brother Samuel, a field director for Open Doors, an organization working with persecuted Christians around the world, warned that dark times are coming under Taliban rule. Secret believers in Afghanistan are especially vulnerable, he said. Prior to Taliban rule, they already had a very difficult time living out their faith as they had kept to keep it secret from their families for fear of being shunned or worse, killed. Now the Taliban is in power, their vulnerability increases tenfold. It would be almost impossible to be a follower of Jesus in this country. We are monitoring the situation, but this is the time for us to ask God to have mercy not only on his people, but on this country as a whole. One observer says that a church leader in Kabul has already said that the Taliban is sending letters to house churches warning them, quote, we know who you are and we're coming for you. Release International is warning that persecution against Christians in Afghanistan under Taliban rule is likely. Leaders like Canada's Trudeau had promised to rescue thousands of vulnerable Afghans, including religious minorities, but a recent report indicates that the Canadian military has been waiting for a go-ahead from the Prime Minister's office for days, but that Trudeau and his team are instead focused on the snap election they called in an attempt to regain their parliamentary majority. Okay, enough articles, enough reading. The, uh, the sad thing right now and what we need to pray for in sincerity, and we need to ask the Holy Spirit to touch our hearts in this matter, that our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ in Afghanistan are now vulnerable to a massive persecution and tribulation. They're not waiting for it. It's there. We're going to see how the days go by, but I would offer a prayer right now. Father God in heaven, in the name of Jesus, I ask in your holy name with all those that are praying right now, Lord, we pray for the Christian men and women in Afghanistan that you would undergird them, that in their time of persecution and tribulation, that their patience and faith would be stronger than at any other time in their lives. You said that it would be through patience and faith that they will prevail and endure. And Lord God, may you send your holy angels into Afghanistan and would you minister, would you send your resources to those who will call upon your name, 
whether they are the martyrs within this age, simply persecuted for their faith, or those that you will provide a way out and a refuge for. Lord God, we thank you that your work is strong there. Lord, we recognize this moment around the world that all things are accelerating just as you said they would. And I pray for those of us that are living in comfortable America today, that we would wake up to realize that the things that we are seeing around the world shall surely come to the shores of this nation. For you have spoken, you have purpose, and you will not turn back in what you said And I ask, Lord, for a quick awakening amongst your people in this country and around the world. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Disappointing. Disappointing. And yet prophesied. Second Thessalonians, and and there's a lot more we have to say, but I do want to turn there on behalf of the Christians that are right now undergoing a persecution and tribulation. And I want to turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. And I think these words right now are going to be profound for the saints of God that have been in Syria, the underground church in China, the persecutions all over the world. But right now for the Christians in Afghanistan, I would liken them to the church of Thessalonica. And here's what Paul said about them, okay? Because these Christians existed in Afghanistan, even under the harsh problems they were facing through with the Taliban, but there was a buffer zone. But that buffer zone is no longer there. So Paul writing to the church of Thessalonica 2,000 years ago, who were going through the same type of difficulty, here's what his message is in verse 3, 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith grows exceedingly. And that's our prayer for the Christians in Afghanistan, that their faith would grow exceedingly. And that the charity of every one of you all toward each other abounds. So may the church in Afghanistan and the Christians whose faith is growing, uh, may their love grow for one another in this very difficult time, and may the love of the saints in America and around the world for them grow as well, and our prayers become stronger as an extension of our love that we have. He said, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith. So they're glorying in this church that was suffering in the, for their patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. All right, so let the admirability or the admiring of the saints of God around the world be for these who are going to maintain their faith and patience in the midst of their persecution and tribulation. Uh, This is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. So what the saints of God that are uh, in Afghanistan are going to walk through, Paul says it is a token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. It sounds like without persecution, without tribulation, people really aren't counted worthy of the kingdom of God. If you never suffer and you've embraced the gospel of prosperity, that if you become a Christian, everything about your life is roses and all you do is get rich and wealthy and have all the things of the world, 
well, you really may not be qualifying to be worthy of the kingdom of God. If there is no suffering, if there is no persecution, if there is no tribulation for your faith in Jesus Christ in this sin-sick world, this demonically inspired sin-sick world, you better check yourself. I would imagine we all better check ourselves as to what's the problem. I mean, Jesus Christ is hated in this world, and Christians are hated in this world, and yet in America, I understand the, the lukewarm condition and the, you know, the Laodicean church age condition, but really, right now, if you've never experienced tribulation or persecution, you may actually be set up to be one of those who are going to fall away because you're not going to understand what's really going to hit this nation and the church within this nation, but... Paul's talking about people that are suffering tribulation and persecution, being counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer. That's why they're suffering. So understand that the Afghanistan Christians may suffer for not renouncing Jesus Christ at the edge of a Taliban sword. Paul went on to say, seeing it as a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. So God will allow this persecution and tribulation against his people, and then God will trouble those who have troubled them. But I love what Paul says in verse 7, may this be the clarion call for the Christians in Afghanistan today, and to you who are troubled, rest with us. May a spirit of rest and peace and not panic and not fear, may the Christians in Afghanistan today, stand in the peace of God and in the rest of God, and may they rest with the Apostle Paul and those who have been persecuted and understood what it was all about, and may they take patiently the persecution and tribulation. May they lay their lives down now before that day comes and surrender to the will of God, surrender to Jesus Jesus Christ. You say, well, easier said than done. No, it's not. If we embrace the gospel, if we embrace the kingdom and the king, if we embrace from the very beginning the cross that we were all called to, there could be a calm in the midst of that storm that when they come knocking at the door, there could be the laying down of the life, the unwillingness to renounce their faith in Jesus Christ and have no regrets for standing strong as as Christians in America are about to be called terrorists those who are standing strong in their faith, doing what God told them to do, to shout it out from the rooftops, to declare the error and deception so that the people of God would not be deceived. There must be a death sentence in all the ministers, everybody on YouTube. It was never for a career. It was never to become popular. If it was, you're in big trouble. You're probably going to bail out easier. But to those who were sent by the Spirit of God, to stand up and to declare the truth of God, you have to have a death sentence in you that when they come to take everything from you, if they do, that you already are a walking dead man, a walking dead woman, but you are very much alive unto God and to Jesus Christ. So Paul went on to say, rest with us, you who are troubled. And then it just goes on to the coming of the Lord when his retribution and vengeance will be poured out. This is serious business. This is not just, you know, casual conversation. It's very difficult to minister to Christians in America today. 
the majority of them do not want to know about persecution and tribulation. The majority of Christians in America today believe that they're going to be raptured out of the world before the difficult days come. They're all rapture ready right now, seeing these signs that are happening around the world. This is very difficult to tell people that love the Lord. They just are being misled by particular doctrines that if they're not true, they're going to be subjugated to an atmosphere that they're not prepared for and will be among those potentially who will fall away and defect from the truth. There may be some Christians in Afghanistan right now who, while things were okay, were willing to go so far with their faith, but now with that pressure that's coming from the Taliban, and I am confident that same pressure that's coming to the shores of America by a foreign enemy that is going to be called the Slayer, and that God is putting his sword into the hand of the Slayer, and what's coming to the shores of America to bring pressure upon the church, we could see it right now, the Taliban being the source of pressure against Christians in Afghanistan. Well, it's possible that some of those Afghanistan Christians are going to defect from the truth to save their lives. As many are going to defect from the truth and take the mark of the beast to save their lives so they can eat and drink and travel and do all these different things in the world that they're so accustomed to doing. I am confident that the mark of the beast is coming. I am confident that great tribulation is coming. I am confident that there is going to be much tribulation and persecution all over the world at the same time. I am also confident that there will be a place of refuge for the overcomers. The Church of Philadelphia, where those whose love for one another was extraordinary and they kept the word of God, like the church in Philadelphia in the book of Revelation, God promised I would keep you from the hour of temptation that would come all over the world. I am confident in Revelation chapter 12, there is a wilderness for some saints of God to be able to go into where they will be preserved and protected for three and a half years. I am confident that there will be a place in the mountains of Judea that those who are in Israel will flee to because Israel right now is vulnerable as well to a Middle Eastern invasion where the United States will not be there to defend them from what is about to happen to them, fulfilling Bible prophecy. All right, so I am confident that all these things are going on, that the lukewarm church in America will not be able to do much about the problems because they're in the bed with Jezebel and are sin-sick in their lukewarmness and have taken on the spirit of the Laodicean, we don't need anything, we're good, everything is all right, but they don't know their true condition. So I'm confident that very little spiritual power will be administered through the ecclesia or the church, the, the religious organized system. I hope I'm wrong about that. I'm, I hope that Christians will wake up and realize they're here on purpose rather than waiting to get out of here while their Christian brothers at the same time on planet Earth are suffering, it's so, it's so dismaying what they should be saying. Okay, Christians in Afghanistan, don't be afraid. You're going to be raptured out right now. Well, the Islamic sword, the Taliban sword, is going to show that that's not right. It's never been right. In all the days and years and decades and centuries that they've been saying things like about a preacher of rapture have never served the people that were persecuted, ever, Okay, 
So what the Afghanistan Christians need right now is prayers for strength in their faith and in their love for one another and mostly for God, because they're about to suffer under the Taliban sword. The pressure's coming. So I want you to see when we get into tribulation, the pressure, tribulation is flipsis, which means pressure, it's coming from a military power. It's coming from all the events going on around the world that Jesus warned would come. (sighs) Wake up. And again, it's very difficult because in America, we don't see a problem. We don't see any Taliban here. You know, we may be being called domestic terrorists by our government and Homeland Security because we don't follow everything that they tell us about COVID-19. I know what COVID-19 was about. I know exactly what it is through a biblical lens. COVID-19 was the evil that was coming. It is the mischief that is rising. It's Isaiah 47.11. It's exactly what God said was coming as we were crying on radio as loud as I am right now, an evil is coming, and only evil is coming. A mischief is rising, and you will not be able to put it off. I was shouting that. Well, all this is right now is an evil mischief. Mischief because nobody knows the truth about it. Mischief because of all the trickery and deception around it. Evil because of what it's doing to people's lives. And then, of course, you can't put it off, and a sudden destruction is coming. We know what this is. It's not about the political narrative, quite frankly. It's God warning the nations of the earth of what's coming, and you have to be awakened to that reality. If you're not yet, then you're still not following biblical prophetic utterances from the word of God. You have to understand what you're dealing with, evil mischief that is going to produce a sudden destruction upon this land and as you're seeing around the world. Protests arising, videos out of Australia. Our dear brother, Daniel Seckham, joined me for over a year and a half, almost two years, on this radio broadcast right here at Omega Radio. Daniel did a phenomenal job. I invited him back out for Tabernacles, and he told me the story. They can't, there is no international travel. He can't come here right now. Then the stories came out of Sydney, where helicopters are flying over the place. People are on lockdown. They're being sent to their rooms. They can only go to their houses. They can only go to a store, and they're not allowed allowed to travel more than 3.5 miles from their home. And there was a gentleman that, that was interviewing all these people from Sydney, and they were telling the story, and it was a consistent story. Taiwan has had a buffer, but the Chinese are coming because the buffer is being taken away. The buffer in Afghanistan is being taken away. When the restraint is removed, when the restraint is removed, we're going to see some pretty tough stuff happening. Um, A gentleman, he he is a part of the Calvary Chapel culture, uh, which is fine. Uh, He does embrace a pre-tribulational theology, which is fine, but he's waking up. And he just said in a 15-minute video yesterday that the American era of world order is gone. And this is what China, Russia, Iran are saying. And that you're talking about this Gog-Magog war in Ezekiel 38 and 39. I also referenced the war 
in Revelation chapter 9 that will destroy one-third of the population of the world, which would be, by the time we get there, after all this other stuff is accomplished, and a lot of dead people from pandemics and wars and violence and fighting and all that, uh, there's going to be at least 1.5 billion people in the upcoming war. And this gentleman yesterday, Safari, I believe his name is, Safir, Israel is going to stand alone in the Middle East. Iran, China, Russia are salivating right now about the military pullout in Afghanistan. Now, is Barack Hussein Obama behind the scenes of a lot of what's going on today? I think he is. I think he is writing the rules, and it's his playbook that so much is going on. Um, time will tell. He doesn't mind. Tell, tell Joe and uh, Kamala, pull out the forces now and let the Christians be destroyed. He doesn't care about that. They don't care about that. They don't care, period. They don't even want Christians to think anymore in our society. They don't want Christians to speak anymore in our society. They're more interested in protecting the homosexual LGBTQ community than they are Christians in our world today. They are more interested in violating the freedoms of the Christian moralist community in our country and around the world than they are violating the rights of the outspoken, blasphemous, wicked, corrupt LGBTQ community. So this is the world we live in. Get used to it because it's very real and it's changing rapidly. So Israel will stand on its own. America will not turn to her aid in what's ready to happen. Russia, China, Iran, major forces, North Korea, major forces are going to mobilize. We believe that the third wave of war is coming. We've been saying it from here. The third wave is war, and we see the war machine now ramping up. We'll see where it goes, and we'll see how the timing of things comes. But we know there are certain deadlines going on for September 15th. People have to be vaccinated in the military, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on. And we are ready to visit and remember the 9-11 attack, whatever that was. 9-11 is coming. Interesting that the wild man, don't ever forget that the Islamic world, predominantly those radical fundamentalists, are predominantly driven by Ishmael and by the Quran and by the Hadith and all the other Islamic literature. Don't forget, there's a spirit of Allah, there's a spirit of Muhammad that drives through the Quran, all of these writings and teachings, and of course, the wild man himself, Ishmael, who would be a wild man. So they're going to play the wild card is about to be played. The wild man card of terror is going to be released on the world like we saw back in 19 or 2001 when terrorism was all over the world. More restrictions on travel, red alerts, orange alerts, yellow alerts, waiting for the first bomb to detonate in a major city. Uh, could be Paris. It could be right here in the United States. But it's going to happen. And when it happens, there's going to be a domino effect of many nuclear devices, dirty bombs going off. And this is going to create the ultimate environment to bring the final collapse of the economy, a brokenness to the nations. Then the collapse is coming. Then we'll rise out of the ashes. The one world government under the control of the Antichrist. 
it's all moving right now, and the timing of things is hard to keep up with, but it's, it's stirring. It's all in view right now. But the proper posture for Christians around the world is what? Rest, patience, and faith, and love. Listen to these four ingredients to the proper posture of all Christians right now. Rest and peace and patience and faith and love. Five of them. Peace and rest are one and the same. Patience. Don't do anything prematurely. Faith. Let it grow strong in Jesus Christ, Father God. Love for God and for one another. And rest. Don't get swept away by the panic and the fear of what the word of God says is coming, that we are simply repeating what the word says. You can now visualize it. It's in front of your eyes. When we used to speak, it was all prophetic. And what was then prophetic is now looking at you. Okay? So get ready. It's a very real time to wake up all over the world, all over the world. So Israel will not have the aid of the United States, believe it or not. Taiwan was warned, China's coming for you. You better be watching what's going on in Afghanistan because it's coming for you next. A destabilization of nations A weak United States that needs to be, and I'm going to say it again, the government of the United States of America is going to be decapitated. Decapitated. That means when the head leaves the body, a decapitating event is ready to happen to the United States government. The people of America are going to go under some kind of dark agenda, some kind of cog, continuity of government program martial law, something, something like that, where suddenly you're not going to be able to move about freely. You need to prepare for that. You're not going to be able to freely go to the grocery store. You're not going to be able to freely go anywhere to your doctor appointment, to get your meds, whatever you're thinking. The decapitation event against the government of the United States of America is very real. What is planned is to take the United States of America out to make it ineffective so that the desired intention of the beast is going to be fulfilled all over the world and a restructuring. That's what China, Iran, and Russia were saying in their newspapers. The American era of global order or world order is gone. And now that America will no longer control how the world order is, a new world order is going to come from Islamic and communistic ideologies absolutely amazing. And they are going to decapitate. There will be a decapitation internal violence in America, spoken of Dimitri Dudeman, the Romanian prophet, that there will be internal violence in America that will be started by black and white race wars and riots. And then while they're dealing with the internal violence, now there's uh, potential red flag events against white uh, supremacy, uh, conservative, Uh, people who have a different dialogue than COVID-19 allows, they now could be set up to be blamed like 
the Caesar Nero blamed the Christians for the Roman fires. So the stage is set for obliteration. And you have to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. Uh, You need to be diligent about your life, but you need to approach this moment. I'm going to say it again. According to the word of God, you need to have a growing faith and an exponential grow in love for the body of Christ, all the body. You need to have deep spiritual patience and you need to rest. Faith, hope, and love. These three remain. The greatest of this is love. But add to it patience, faith, rest, peace, and love. There is no other way for a Christian to approach this moment. I know in my spirit, and I've seen it with my eyeballs, I know that unprepared Christians are going to flip out right now. The foolish virgins who have done nothing to prepare are going to be horrified, like they're showing the pictures of the horrified Christians in Afghanistan right now and the, and the citizens who just can't believe this is happening. The foolish virgins are going to be horrified. And they're going to begin to beg the wise virgins who have been preparing all along. And the wise virgins are going to have a solid no in their spirit. Now, that is not to say that there are people in our churches that had no ability to prepare on their own. They will be taken care of by the local assembly. They should be. The local assembly where these Christians were part of the ministry, they love the Lord, they're working out their salvation, they just didn't have the means, God will take care of them. It's those that have been living like nothing bad would ever happen. They rejected the doctrine of preparation. They rejected the doctrine that this was coming. They, they embraced the doctrine of once saved, always saved, no pre- uh, a pre-tribulational rapture, no need to prepare. And they actually laughed at people that did, the wise virgins. Well, they are going to panic big time, and I feel bad for them. These are our brothers and sisters. They are believers in Jesus Christ, in the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, but they're just going to be foolish virgins, and they're going to have to undergo the great tribulation. They are going to be part of the Revelation 7 crowd of an untold multitude that is going into the tribulation to wash their robes in the blood of the Lamb. They are going to panic. They are going to be in a, in a, in a scenario that we don't even want to mention, but we could look over at Afghanistan and see how it goes, or in Syria, or in other places in the world that they've had to undergo these things. This is not make-believe. This is not make-believe. I believe that the great feast of tabernacles, September 20th, is a strategic gathering. And if this message gets out anywhere in the world, especially in this country, this message needs to get to all Christians that don't even know about the feast of the Lord. Their churches don't do anything with it, and yet it's a biblical New Testament feast and a feast that will go on into the millennium, and yet they don't know it. 
They think it's some mosaic thing that they're not under the law and we don't do that. We celebrate Christmas and Easter. That is so wrong, theologically speaking. And we will prove that before September 20th comes on these airwaves. But ladies and gentlemen, it's strategic for God three times a year to gather his people together. Well, what a time right now to gather God's people together. And we've got speakers that are coming that are going to have a revelation about what's going on. And I truly believe there's going to be an intelligent conversation about everything going on in the world and what God is doing so that we can migrate into kingdom activity rather than just freaking out in the world of what's going on. And I tell you again that there is right beneath the very skin a layer of panic, and it's going to come out. And the atmosphere and the environment of Christendom is going to freak out because they're going to be here, and I, and I hope, and I know the world's going to flip out. I just know in America when these things begin to unfold, right now people would raise their eyebrow. I hope not too high now, seeing what we've already experienced and what's going on. Uh, get ready. It takes 20, 40, 60, maybe if you do three teams of 20, to just 45 people. It would take 45 people in a nation of 360 million, 45 domestic or Uh, sleeper cells, terror cells that have been working all this time to, to get their nuclear bombs sophisticated, furbished, sharpened. Remember, it's a sharp, furbished sword, a skilled sword. 45 people to detonate 15 nuclear weapons in 15 cities in America to just wipe it out. It's done at that point. 45 people. Discount it. The decapitation of the government of the United States, don't discount it. A great strike against the heart of America, don't discount it. It was by the Spirit of the Lord. The timing is closer now than we've ever believed. Don't raise an eyebrow at it. Look at the Bible and look through it at what's happening and you get a picture and you know. It's a warning. It's just a warning to wake up. I don't know how far to take it. Everything I've just said, we've said for 20 some odd years. I believe, I'll give you a little prophetic hint of what I believe God is revealing. I believe there's going to be a spin off of the West African coast coming out of Cape Verde area where the Sahara meets West Africa, I believe the Lord has shown me that a massive hurricane is going to hit the United States of America. And I believe it's going to spin off of the coast of Africa from the Cape Verde area. I believe that. I, you know, I just, this is in my spirit. I don't know why I've been thinking that. Okay. So I just believe that it could happen in September, maybe earlier, maybe later, maybe next year. I don't know. But I believe that a massive hurricane is going to hit the United States of America. I believe the terror cells are now wide awake. The sword is sharpened. They are skilled at what they need to do. And it's going to go down. 
and I'm telling you to prepare. And if you haven't been preparing all along, you need to really pray, repent of the false doctrine that you've embraced, and ask God what to do, and to begin to align yourself with saints of God who have deep love in their hearts. If you belong to a community of believers that have shown their love through a tremendous uh, work of God, you are blessed. And those same community of believers where the true love of God has been produced out of the fiery furnace, if you will, they have the same faith, the growing faith of a Thessalonican church. And they're about to face some harsh things. Find that community. Pray to God to be led by the Holy Spirit. Feast of Tabernacles, strategic gathering of God's people. It's always strategic. And every year, God imparts something. He releases something. And we keep going from year to year in the economy of the kingdom. And I can't imagine this year is going to fall short. I probably believe that the gathering together of the saints this year, and there are gatherings everywhere. They're all over the country. They're all over the world from Jerusalem, Israel. And if you could still travel, you need to make plans to get to some of them. We are hosting our Feast of Tabernacles so that we could gather together to worship God and honor the king because he asked us to do it. And I know he has something to say to us. And I believe the people, the men and women that are coming, have been selected by God and that he is rubbing out some things and he's instilling a word in them. And while we have scheduled speakers to have kind of an event, I think what's going to happen this year is while we have an outline that this is going to go a bit deeper and uh, we're going to find ourselves sitting down into the wee hours of the night uh, fellowshipping and breaking bread. Now, let me say this publicly. Reconciliation is a really big deal in the economy of God. Reconciliation. The whole Bible is about God reconciling the world to, uh, to himself through Jesus Christ. God was in Christ reconciling the world. Reconciliation is always the idea of bringing enemies back into a union. The Feast of Tabernacles should be among those who are reconciled. Because if you come and you have not reconciled, but you're just coming for some person, it's going to spoil the atmosphere. There has to be a gathering where the people that gather together are founded on reconciliation. They already have reconciliation. In other words, their love is real. It's not pretentious and um, preferential. Wherever you go to the Feast of Tabernacles, if you have an issue with somebody and you have not reconciled with them, the people where you're going, don't go. You shouldn't go if you have not taken the necessary steps to reconcile. And you say, well, they should have taken the necessary steps. Well, that's not true. You have to take the steps. 
to reconcile. But not just because I want something. Maybe it is, but what I'm getting at is the Feast of Tabernacles is a love feast. And it's, it's, it's with people that really do care and love about each other. No power plays. No, no manipulations. It's just people that really have been joined together by the Spirit, whose hearts have been knit together in love, that will gather together from different tribes and different places to come together. So do it. None of God's kids should be left out because they don't want to reconcile. Don't do it. Wherever you go. Here in Northwest Arkansas, as we are preparing everything for this glorious feast, we welcome all brethren to come and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles with us. We desire reconciliation, union with all saints. Amen? And I pray you have the same heart attitude. We love each other. We humble ourselves. We fall upon the rock and are broken to honor the king. The most important thought in God's heart is our love for one another. So he comes to the feast to examine us. And based upon where we are, there's impartation. So let's do it right. Let's gather together for seven days. For those of you that are coming to Northwest Arkansas, let's do it as unto the Lord. We are preparing. We want you to know that. We are preparing food. We are preparing the property. We are preparing the speakers. We are preparing. We need to raise funds because we want to give honorariums to our guest speakers. We desire to do that. This is a time of the people of God bringing their Feast of Tabernacle offerings to the Lord. It's so encompassing. It's so rich. And we're praying that God's people throughout the economy of of this agricultural season, that there is a harvest in your life. That those who began with Passover, there's a harvest in your life. That you can actually come with the sheaves in your hands in the harvest. Our prayers for you in that way. We can't make that happen. Only God can. Your faith and the promises of God coming together. It's got to be. It's got to be. And I'm sure it will be. So we need to raise money for this feast as a host church that's preparing. And I would ask you, if you're out there today and you want to get in on hosting your father's feast and allowing us to do it, we've been doing it for 30 years. It's going to get done. But if you put into it, that's a blessing to you, honestly. You know, we'll buy the tent. We'll get the food. We'll give honorarians to the speakers. We'll do all that. Um, But right up front, right up front, without the honorariums even being mentioned, we need to raise $5,000 to get the tent and the food and to get everything organized. What happens after that, I already put the number out earlier, and nobody responded, so I'm not going to say it again. Um, 
But honorariums are important to guest speakers who come and travel and leave their home, and we want to send them with a blessing. Okay? I'll talk more about it on another day. Feast of Tabernacles. If you would like to support what we are doing in this ministry, I told you, Omega Radio, you could be watching live right now. I'd love to see if anybody actually uh, saw that today. Let me, let me get in here. Um, if anybody saw, praise the Lord, on Omega Radio, anybody go to Omega Radio? Let's see. I don't see anything there about that. All right. So, hey, it's been an honor to be with you. If you would like to support the ministry, if you would like to give, here's an address, and I'll just read it out. You could go to that website right there, nwmglobal.org, and go to the donations tab, and you could give that way. You could also go to PayPal. So if you want to give, you go to omegaradio.org, omegaradio.org. And you can, uh, let's see where that one is, the Omega Radio, and you go to the donations tab, and that will give it through PayPal. So there's a couple of ways you can give. Uh, One of our favorites is every time we go to the mailbox, maybe there's a letter there, uh, P.O. Box 100. The address is on the screen, Decatur, Arkansas, 72722. Um, If you want to support, you just want a free will offering, a giving to the preparation financially, to the Feast of Tabernacles, praise the Lord, okay? Um, The host church, we will be doing the majority of everything. And then more importantly, just ask the Lord, am I supposed to be at that Feast of Tabernacles? I know the Word of God says you should be at a Feast of Tabernacles, and if this is the place to come, we will welcome you. A little money issue, that's all it is. I know God's going to deal with it. No big deal. It's not an issue. We want you to be able to come. We want to impart the every single part, from spiritual food to physical food to fellowship to a feast atmosphere, feast atmosphere, a feast of love. we got some special things we're going to do with people that come. Uh, We'll probably be out on one of our great lakes uh, for one of the days. There's some other stuff we're going to be doing. Um, we'll put it on our website. And if you want to know about the Feast of Tabernacles and you have not yet learned, go to our website. Again, this one is the nwmglobal.org. It's on the screen. N for new, W for wine, M for ministry, new wine ministry, nwmglobal.org. And go to the Feast of Tabernacle tab 2021. I've written a little bit there from Patricia and I, and there's a a, a list of speakers and a schedule of how things will be. As I said, that is an outline. We're going to turn everything over to the Holy Spirit, and I'm sure there's going to be a tremendous amount of conversation and fellowship for people that are coming. Okay, so that's all that I have for you today, and I did see there are a lot of comments out there today. Um, Praise God. All right. We love you, folks. We'll see you tomorrow with bells on. Lord willing. I'm Pastor Vince. Got to go. Patricia Joy Xavier, roundtable discussion on OmegaRadio.org right now. Be blessed.
We'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.